Welcome to the Wheel of Sports, home of the greatest sports stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally and with me is... Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery, up in Edinburgh, how's it going? Well, welcome Matt, we, we, I always say I'm with you in Edinburgh, or I'm with you. We are with each other in spirit, aren't we? We are absolutely. If, if not geographically, 10,000 miles away. <laughs> but let's, let's get that wheel spinning and I'll just Off remind everybody that we are live on Spotify. All the episodes are lined up there, so please do uh, share that link with your friends. And the topic for this episode is... It's one of a kind! Do you want to take this yes, one Yes, absolutely, Matt. Yes, I do, because I don't know if you know much about this man, Matt, but... Which man? John Daly. John golfer. Daly. Yes. Yes. Well, I know he's a golfer. I don't know loads about his career. If he does not fit in the category of one of a kind, nobody does. John, <laughs> John Daly, Matt. My goodness me. This is a roller coaster, right? Are you ready? Are you ready I'm for ready. it? Because this is, this is wild, right? John Daly is born in California, but he spends all his childhood kind of moving around the southern states of the US. His dad, he's a construction worker, and he's got to move town to town, right? Okay. The whole family move around the, the US. So he has quite a unsettled uh, childhood in that respect that he's moving from town to town. He moves to uh, Dardanelle and Arkansas, which I still don't know, Matt, why that isn't called Arkansas. Yes, great. Like if that was if that was in Liverpool, it'd be called Arkansas. But Arkansas it well. is. When he's four years old, he uh, moves there with the family, and then the following year, he begins to play golf for the first time. At five years old. Yeah. So it's this is quite interesting here, Matt, because in the UK and Europe, golf is a prestige sport. Like it, it's, you know, it, it is, there's a lot of council run courses and it's accessible to a point. But in the US, it's got quite a working class following. You know, so right. remember that episode we did about Brookline, the, the yeah. birth of the golf hooligan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, in the US, that kind of speaks to that. Like it's got this, um, you know, following, which isn't necessarily this country club, upper middle class suits who are playing. It's a very popular sport and the, the green fees and stuff like that are not what they are necessarily in Europe. But also a lot of workplaces, particularly um, you know, in places like Chicago and Motown, a lot of places like General Motors, they own their own golf courses. So part of working there, you got to play on the golf course. So you got oh, membership. Cool. Um, so it, was the, it grew this working class base of golf fans. And so it wasn't that unusual to it, it, let what I'm saying to you is don't think of John Daly as like born with a silver spoon in his mouth and being taken off with, you know, a shiny set of golf clubs uh, to be f- kind of trained into to be a pro golfer. He's just yeah. kind of doing that, you know, as recreation, as an option there. And by the time he's like 10 years old, they moved to Virginia and he starts playing in kind of club tournaments and things at 10 years old. They moved to Louisiana by the age 13, and he <laughs> he plays as a junior in a tournament, which is for the whole club. So he's playing against grown men. Nice. He wins the tournament. Wow. <laughs> At That's 13, amazing, isn't it? Do you know what the club did? 
Yeah. When he when the thirteen year old beat all the adults. Go on. They banned juniors from joining in the next year. <laughs> really embracing that then. That's remarkable because he wouldn't even have long enough levers, surely, to be able to drive the ball. And you'd think at thirteen, I mean, you'd be a certain height, but he wouldn't, you know, be physically developed into into being an adult. You'd th- you'd be, I'd be surprised that he could even drive the ball as far as a as a man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but also the the knowledge, like golf, is all about nuance and about trial and error. I mean, to be able to naturally play golf, you know, you know, the, not only driving the ball, but then the short game, uh, knowing what club to use, dealing with the weather conditions. Did know, he have hold, a caddy? I'm not sure whether he had a caddy actually. That would be interesting though, because obviously the caddy yeah. would, w- w- might deal with some of the things you've mentioned there, but. Well, actually, interesting you should say that, Matt, because that might come up a little bit later about the importance of a caddy. Um, but he then moves to Missouri, where he played uh, both uh, American football and golf. A guy called Rick Ross kind of took him under his wing and coached him in golf for a number of years. But it must be said that John Daly was also a very good football player. Apparently, he still holds some of the, the records in terms of um, the length of that he could throw the ball the uh, no. gridiron ball. He's obviously got a natural disposition to these types of things, you know, and obviously hand-eye coordination, etc. So his rise to fame, he turns pro in 1987, right? He leaves college without a degree. <laughs> He's all in. He's gone, nah, I'm just going to hit a ball with a stick instead of finish my education sort of working for a living yeah good yeah 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 exactly yeah he's smart so he turns pro in 87 he manages to qualify uh for the u.s open in 88 but he misses the cut he then wins the ben hogan classic in 1990 and he gets qualification to be on the pga tour which is the professional golf tour so this is a sign that he can really mix it and he's very proficient at golf. Now, he's obviously forgotten about gridiron at this point. Come around 1991, the PGA Championship, which is a major golf tournament, he's 25 years old at this point, Matt, and he hasn't been selected for the PGA Championship. Okay, So he's at home in uh, Memphis. (laughs) He's at home in Memphis, and... He gets a call to say, are you still available? Because we've had a player drop out. Now, this is on the Wednesday and the tournament starts the next day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. So the player who's dropped out is Nick Price. Now, Nick Price, as you might know, uh, won the British Open in 94. He's a two-times PGA uh, Championship winner. So he's three majors to his name he's not but his wife was pregnant and about to give birth he's from Zimbabwe he he dropped his clubs and said right I've got to be there for the birth of my child yeah but the remarkable thing about this Matt is John Daly was ninth in line to be picked so eight others have answered the call and gone now I'm busy so yeah eight other people are ahead of him to take Nick Price's place John Daly is ninth in line Despite this, Matt, John Daly jumps in the car, makes an incredibly long drive to the Crooked Stick Golf Club in Indianapolis. 
arrives about two o'clock in the morning. His phone lights up and he thinks, this is a good call. He takes the call and they say, you've got a tea time for tomorrow. You're on. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is cool. So when, like, so when he initially took the call, he wasn't definitely in. That he just sort of said, oh, well, if I set off, I'll, I've got a better chance. Yeah, he thought, uh, I was going to, he said, I had some business the following week in the area close by. So he thought, well, I may as well make it a bit earlier. I'll go and just chance, chance my arm. And sure enough, he's got a tea time and he's, he's teeing off at 25 years old at the PGA Championship 1991. Brilliant. I've been driven all night. Right. Beauty about it, Matt. He's driven all night. He's probably absolutely exhausted. He hasn't even played a practice round. So he's not even seen the course. <laughs> he he hasn't seen the course. And the course is notorious. It is so difficult, this course. It's been one of the reasons it's been chosen for the PGA Championship is because it's so advanced. It's full of booby traps everywhere bunkers lakes it narrow fairways it is an absolute like <laughs> challenge for the professional golfer and here he is tired no practice round the only thing that he's got to help him is his caddy yes now of course. it's nick price's caddy because okay. nick price had to yeah. clear off his caddy's surplus to requirements so his caddy, Jeff Medlin, said, look, I'll caddy for you. And Jeff Medlin is, was known as like one of the most fastidious caddies in terms of his research and his knowledge. He knew every yard of the Crooked Stick Golf Club. So, he so he's was, perfect for this, these conditions then. He's, he's the one you'd want. He is great. And the thing about um, John Daly, Matt, is he is an authentic guy. He he shows up on the tee, and he's kind of you know he looks sort of like a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's got a mullet, so he's got this kind of bowl haircut, bowl fringe, blonde, and then it just goes back into back. A, a, a mullet. It's he, he is so distinctive, and he's. At this point, he's only 25 years old, but he's he's not a small guy, okay? So he tees off. Now, John Daly has this extraordinary backswing. So he swings. He, he kind of, his swings go so far back, he almost kind of, you know, hits himself on his left leg as he's coming around. It's, <laughs> it's mad, right? And the power in him, he just fizzes the ball off the tee. And people are aghast. Like, they cannot believe this young kid, ninth in line, and he's smashing this course. All the other golfers, they can maybe hit a long drive, maybe two, three, four holes. But because this course is so high risk, they're taking an iron, you no, know, to be safe. Yeah. Daly's not. He's going, oh, bunkers, lakes. It. He's like, well, I'll just hit it over them. Oh, <laughs> and then, wow. I've got pl- then I've got plenty of fairway to work with. So, Fantastic. And he did, Matt. He, first day, he hit a 69. Second day, 67. Third day, 69. 
and he wins on the final day by three strokes with a round of 71. He is now hot property. He has yeah, come of out of nowhere. Nowhere, Matt. Well, Memphis. He's come out yeah. of Memphis <laughs> to, to win. It's so amazing that he was even in touching distance on the final day. Never mind go on to win it on such a difficult course. It's such a fairy tale. And the really nice thing about it is that you can see it means so much to him because when you watch the footage back, the crowd just love him. He's one of them. They just mm. love him. He's just like, he's an, he was amateur. He's come into the, he just, he's 25 years old, but he kind of looks like them. He walks like them. He's walking down a final fairway for that 18th hole where he's going to um, put the ball to win the championship. And it is packed. Everybody around the hole, around the lake. And as he's walking down, he starts to pump his fist and he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's just a joyous moment because, you know, if you watch like traditional golfers like Nick Faldo <laughs> and they're just like doth the cap, you know, they just touch the, the, the rim of the visor and just nod like, thanks. Yeah. Whereas he's like, this is amazing. This <laughs> is like so good. And he's kind of winding them off going, yeah, like, and you can tell from this moment, he's just taken into people's hearts. Uh, just, he seems so gent gentle and polite and sincere, but he's got this like great edge to him, which is, you know, such a carefree way of playing golf and such a carefree way of being on the course as well. There's a couple of really nice things as well that happened in this PGA Championship. Daly, when he was a kid, his first set of golf clubs were branded Jack Nicholas, obviously mm. one of the, the greats in golf. Yeah. And the last day of the tournament, he had a note left on his locker and it was from Jack Nicholas and it said, go get him. Oh, that's cool. He still got that in his house framed. Yeah, obviously meant a huge amount. And then when he won... They obviously put a party on at the Crooked Stick Golf Club for him. Yeah. He left the golf club in a limo, went to McDonald's, oh. <laughs> and then drove back to carry what on the party. I like that. Just get the limo. I've just, I've just won the, <laughs> the PGA. Off I go. <laughs> That's amazing. This is one of the things. Fast food uh, plays a big part in John Daly's life. He loves fast food. He would eat a huge amount of uh, fast food in, in one You said sitting. he was a bigger guy, right? At, at 25 years old, uh, not so much, but certainly as, as, he his, gets older. as his life progresses, then he's definitely uh, stacking on the pounds. To the point, Matt, where he had a, uh, a fitness coach, and his fitness coach said, a bit of weight is fine, but you've got to keep, this excessive weight off you're becoming morbidly obese and Daly's like well how do we do that and his coach his fitness coach Matt said take up cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely incredible <laughs> what year was this do we know this in the 90s so, oh wow so take up smoking so Daly develops a one 
to three packets of cigarettes a day habit. Wow. He is drinking 15 cans of Diet Cola a day. He said he was a binge drinker in terms of alcohol. He said some... <laughs> There's an interview with him, Matt, where he goes... Uh, he's being asked about his drink problem and stuff, and he, he says, um, he says oh, I'm more of a binge drinker. You know, I might only drink for maybe, you know, two or three months, and then I'll go off it. <laughs> but he said... Wow. He would drink, he said, minimum a slab, 24 beers in a day. Uh, he said then probably onwards to 36 beers, he said. Okay, and nice um, the guy said to him, he says, uh, <laughs> he says, what what do you do? Like when you stop drinking all those beers, he said, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so to the point, Matt, where he would be out drinking till half seven in the morning. He said, I'll still be in the clothes from the day before. He said, and I'd have a five past eight tea time in the morning. That's crazy. He'd be driving the golf ball off the tee just past eight o'clock in the morning. So, and he hasn't so slept. Surely, surely his career just goes to pot then after that. Sometimes when he was walking the golf course, he said, I could feel myself sober up in about the 12th to 13th hole. <laughs> So he's past halfway, and he starts to be sober. <laughs> That's crazy. But so during this period, is is his form just gone to pot? Is he is he a one a one championship guy who who then just you know goes to rack and ruin? Yeah, look, he has difficulty with his uh, personal relationships with his wives, plural, yeah. uh, <laughs> not at the same time, but um, and he also has a bit of trouble in you know, the occasional tournaments where he kind of misbehaves and things like that. But he manages to to kick the drink for a bit. He's having a fairly average season in 1995. He's kind of playing fine, you know, not setting a world alight, but he's doing okay. He's treading water. The Open Championship comes around in Scotland at the old course at St. Andrews. Uh-huh. Now, as you know, Matt, it's the old course at St. Andrews, the home of the RNA. This is the place where any golf a fanatic wants to win. Like this probably means, you know, the sentimentality, but also the difficulty of the course. This is the place where golfers want to win, the home of golf. The other thing about the Open Championship as well, as opposed to maybe the PGA Championship, is that you're guaranteed the best players in the world. You have a huge American contingent, but the European contingent is really strong as well. And so it's just known as, you know, the one of the most competitive of all of the majors. The other factor is the weather that comes into play in the British Open is like it's so unpredictable and the Lynx style courses, the deepness of the bunkers, the wilderness that these courses are carved out of is quite a challenge for any uh, good golfer. But Matt, John Daly shows up to the Open, uh, the British Open 1995, St. Andrews, now, he's kicked the drink, but as part of his um, distraction from kicking the drink, he's eaten peanut M&Ms. Okay. <laughs> now, he's he's probably, he said, he, he estimates he's probably eaten about five to six family-sized bags of M&Ms per day. Wow. In, in addition to, 
you know, McDonald's and fast food and things. Goodness. So he's not taking care of himself at all. And by now, what, he's in his, his early 30s, is it? Yeah, uh, no, so he'd be 29. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, he he's probably looks a bit older, Matt, I'll be, be straight with you. You know, he's still got his mullet. But the beauty about it, Matt, is now he looked a bit of a golfer back in 91. Now he looks nothing like the golfer. In fact, he's reminiscent of someone who once came round to paint our house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's wearing this, like, old green Reebok jumper with, like, a Reebok logo on. Doesn't, you know, like, golf stuff has a collar and it, has, yeah. it looks smart and tailored. Nah. Just, <laughs> just like an old Reebok pull over it's it's mad <laughs> you know you think of all the premium brands as well associated with golf lacoste and ping and um pringle and all of those type of things nah reebok yeah <laughs> it's, it's got a reebok so look amazingly again matt it comes down to the last day daily is on top he's we get down to the the 17th hole he's two strokes ahead and the only person who can catch him still out on the course is Rocco. Now, Rocco is the epitome of Mediterranean health. Right. Rocco is just like, he just looks 100% a golfer, Italian. He's just wearing the most beautiful, pristine clothes. He just looks suave and sophisticated. And daily, <laughs> just with his bag of M&Ms. And his Reebok jump. (laughs) It's just that his mullet, his bright blonde mullet. The wind is picking up on the course. It's getting late in the day. Daly's two strokes ahead on a 17th, but he hits his shot into the bunker. He's a bit ambitious, and the ball just picks up and it it, it rolls into the bunker on a 17th. Now, Matt, watch the footage back of this because the ball hits the bunker and nestles itself one inch from the bunker wall. And the bunker wall is immense. (laughs) It's it's about, the bunker wall must be a metre, a metre and a half tall. And John Daly's ball is an inch. Now, if it's you or I, Matt, we'd look at that ball and either we'd take a drop or we'd hit it backwards yeah, hit it to the side because you're you're not getting over that wall from that angle. It's impossible. John Daly strolls up to the bunker. The ball's an inch away. He kind of disappears into the bunker. He hits the ball so hard. He hits his club into the bunker wall, and then he he kind of drops his club and bounces off the reverberation. <laughs> <laughs> you can see he's shaking his hands. He's hit it so hard that it's obviously just generated Jolted so him. much force back through his body like he's been electrocuted. Sure. And where's the ball the bo- gone? Up in the air? S- skipped up on the green. Oh, wow. He's gone through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he manages to finish respectably one shot ahead. He finishes on the 18th and... He's watching Rocco finish. He's got a one-shot lead. He's got a one-shot lead, and he's with his wife, and the camera will occasionally cut to Daly and his wife. You can see he's just really expecting this win. He's so excited. And Rocco, he's still in with a shout. He's just got to chip it onto the green, then put, and then he draws. 
Simple as that. But Rocco completely fluffs the chip. Like, you know, one of those where he just he just lost his bottle halfway through the, the swing. Oh. And the ball has hardly gone anywhere. Like, it's it it's rolled up and it's just about on the green. But it's 60 feet away from the hole. Oh, so... Like, so Daly's thinking that's done, yeah. Cuts to Daly and he's hugging his wife, like just thinking, that's it. And the crowd, you can tell, they're waiting for this grandstand finale and sure enough, it's not going to happen. You you can hear that they all go, oh, thinking I've yeah. been in these seats for five hours and <laughs> you're not going to give me the finale. Rocco steps up to the putt and it has, say, Matt, 60 feet to put it along the ground, 60 feet, he bloody holes it. Oh wow. It's incredible. <laughs> the the crowd go absolutely berserk as much of a golf crowd can. It cuts back to Daly and you can see he's just devastated. Yeah, you would be. So now they've got a tie break. They do a four they'll play the last four holes and whoever's on top at the last four holes wins. And Daly pulls himself together. He gets himself back on the course and he beats Rocco with ease. Daly finishes the, uh, over the four holes. He's one under. Rocco is three over. And one of the reasons is, is Rocco found himself in one of those bunkers that Daly so adeptly hammered his way out of. <laughs> Rocco took three shots to get out of a oh, bunker. Okay. And so it does show you that even a player of Rocco's ability it's something special to be able to do what Daly did. Probably only a handful of players in the world could a- actually do what Daly did, particularly in that circumstance. Might yeah, be a different thing on a practice ground, but in that circumstance under pressure to just be able to go for it, it's incredible. So the strange thing about um, John Daly, Matt, is in 1997, he becomes the first player ever to average drives of over 300 yards in a full season. And he did this every year from 1999 to 2008. So he's he's long. <laughs> he's extraordinary, but he did pay a price for those long drives because because he's exerting so much power. They do have tendency to be inaccurate, and sure enough, uh, he wasn't in such a good way in 2008 at Royal Birkdale in Southport, Merseyside, where he played in the British Open again. But he hit an all-time high, 89 shots in a round of 18. Uh, so he had a really terrible day that day. Um, mm. And so that really shows like the, the difference with John Daly, why he's probably one of a kind. He's just so erratic. You know, he's um, hand-produced these amazing rounds of golf, but then everything that's going on in his life as well. And he's the only player ever, Matt, from Europe or the USA to have won two major golf tournaments and never be selected for the Ryder Cup team. Really? Why was that? Was it was that because of his personality, or was that a points thing? Or I think it's more than likely his off the course antics, his uh-huh. drinking. Uh, perhaps he's maybe seen as a bad influence, but he's one of the nice things that after the British Open <clears throat> when he won is that Rocco came over to congratulate him and. It's clear that they loved each other. They had a huge respect for each other. It's clear that Daly is quite a personable and friendly, nice guy. So Popular um, around the place. Yeah, I think he, he is. And um, 
he Matt, he went on uh you know <laughs> later in his career he actually released two music albums um brilliant one called my life and one called i i only knew no one way he also recorded a song with kid rock <laughs> what sort of music just... are we talking here because that's that's excellent yes matt <laughs> i will not guess what type of music is i haven't <laughs> listened i'm gonna save that for a for a, a low moment <laughs> i can, can listen to kid rock and uh john daly but uh, look he does have this side of him which is obviously completely unhealthy uh sadly he, at the time of recording he is in quite bad health he he's he contracted bladder cancer um and he tweeted that he was hoping for a miracle to happen um look he's probably damaged his brain as well from all the drinking uh, and all the excess that he had because he did endorse donald trump in 2016 <laughs> with a tweet uh, as well um but one of the nice things about daily when he won that ch- pga championship in 1991 very tragically a spectator had been killed in that week um because there was a lightning storm and this spectator was struck by lightning and, and killed oh on goodness. the golf course wow now what happened when daily won he he gave $30,000 of his prize money to the family. That's classy. Matt, he's 25. He's only just turned pro. Yeah, this and is, this is this... his first win. He wasn't yeah. rich. He wasn't was wealthy. Say, yeah. He he packed in his college. He hadn't got a degree. And he was, you know, so generous. And the family actually used that money to pay for their two daughters to go uh, to college. This is clearly a complex character we're dealing with here in terms of, you know, a man who's capable of of great good and probably not so good (laughs) behaviours. But it does absolutely make him one of a kind. I said to you right at the start before we start recording that we could actually have done three or four episodes. Maybe we'll revisit some of John Daly's antics later in his career, another episode but really wanted to focus on his two major wins in 91 and 95. Uh, and certainly no one can take that away from him. Oh, fantastic. Oh, mate, what a great story. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Uh, and thank you uh, to you, listener, for tuning in again on the Wheel of Sport, uh, the home of the greatest sports stories ever told. Please do share with your friends. Uh, give us a review uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and we're, as Ian said at the beginning, we're back on Spotify now, so you can go back through all our back catalogue Uh, and listen to to all of the great episodes we've done. Thanks so much, Ian. Thanks so much, Matt. I'm off to listen to Kid Rock. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah!